Hello to my fellow humans and true crime humans. I messed up the intro. That's fine, whatever. Welcome back to Crime Obsessed Dog Mom. I'm Michelle, the Crime Obsessed Dog Mom, with my co-host, currently in my spot on the couch, the baby dog known as Rory. Today we are going to look at, it's a short episode, but I got some pretty cool news, personal stuff that we can talk about. Um, but we're going to look at the Black Widows of Liverpool today. Hello, hello, hello. Going to be a little bit of a short one today, but that's all good. It's all good. Because... It's a holiday weekend here in the United States, 4th of July. Not that we have a ton to be celebrating our freedom or anything like that. Um, but we, my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, and niece are going to be coming in today because my brother-in-law, um, he's a bunch of stuff in our house and he just recently bought a house. And so they're going to start kind of getting their stuff moved in. And there's like movers and stuff coming probably like within the next month, which is pretty cool. So just been kind of getting ready to do all that stuff and uh, clean the house, did some laundry yesterday. Um, but like I said, we have some exciting news. I, come January, will no longer just be a dog mom. I will also be a baby mama. Um, so if you've been listening, uh, for a little while now, I sometimes in the mornings haven't been feeling great, got headaches, tired, all that stuff. Well, I, before, after I, oh, there's the doggy. He's a very excited doggy to be a big brother here in the next six months or so. But we, I haven't been feeling well, but I wasn't like about to say on my podcast that I was pregnant before even telling my mom. So we ended up telling my mom last weekend, my dad earlier this week, and we're excited. Uh, I found out on Mother's Day, which was really amazing. I had already decided that we were doing the podcast and everything. So I don't know what this podcast looks like after January. I intend to have a bunch of stuff recorded beforehand but that's my intention I don't know what this looks like for me yet um some I I haven't really told that many people haven't like announced on social media or anything yet I just this is uh, I mentioned I think before but we really struggled to get pregnant um for the last three years or so and we I mean if we're being honest we really didn't want to bring a baby into the world in 2020 just because COVID. And that's actually when my niece was born. She was born uh, like in the thick of it. First week of April in 2020, which arguably was maybe the worst time for COVID. Like it's just like when everybody was at home and numbers were really bad and it was just really scary. Uh, But we're really, really excited. It was kind of good timing with my husband's shoulder surgery because he should be fully for the most part recovered by the time I either one will not want to do stuff like building stuff or can't um I still have weight restrictions at this point about 40 pounds which has taken a little bit of my 
weightlifting and, and personal training down a little bit a notch, but we're still doing a bunch of weightlifting. We're just really staying within our 40 pounds and doing a lot of body weight exercises. And um, I'm actually feeling pretty good this morning. Um, nausea has been a little rough, especially if I get too hungry, I'll start gagging, which my husband hates. And um, the baby dog has come down to my side now. He, it, I knew something was up because I was really tired, like around the time that my cycle would have been starting. And I'm sorry if this makes you uncomfortable, but I really don't care. Um, like, and I'm a night owl naturally. Like I like to play video games and I play late into the night, not like past midnight generally, but, um, but it was like nine o'clock and I was like exhausted. And I was like, what the heck is this? And I didn't know yet at this time. And it was like the week before Mother's Day. And I was like, what the heck? And then I stopped losing weight. And I think I've mentioned it before, but since about, um, I didn't lose any weight my first month, but about September last year, um, I lost about 50 pounds. And then all of a sudden I just stopped losing weight. And I was like, okay, what the heck is going on? I really need to focus up, change my eating, focus and do something like different kind of exercise, exercise for longer, do something. And I did that for like two weeks and nothing changed. And I was like, what the heck is going on? I was getting really frustrated and discouraged. And then the fatigue started happening and my chest kind of, and once again, I really don't care if you're uncomfortable. My chest, it was starting to get a little sore, still sore. Um, but I was like, what's going on? And that was all normal, and but it didn't go away. And then I saw the, like the app that I was using to kind of track things. It was like, hey, you should test this Sunday. It's like, no way, right? And we had seen my mom the night, the day before, and for, we celebrated a little early. And I was like, no way, right? So I woke up at like eight o'clock in the morning, took the test and it was immediately positive. So I ran in and I told Gary, I was ecstatic. Um, and like, I don't even know if I, I don't think I cried, but like, I was like shocked, I think. So I ran into the bedroom and I told Gary and he was like, I knew it. And he, he said that he could just tell that this time was different and I think I feel like Rory knew because he was being like super cuddly those weeks and and I don't he obviously couldn't like hear the baby because it wasn't really moving or anything yet but he it's I've seen like research shows that they can smell like hormone changes in you because things change and he's ever I mean ever since he's still been very cuddly with me and everything uh, but we saw the baby for the first time on June 6th very wiggly. That was just like my confirmation of pregnancy. And I was very, very nervous. And so I kept myself very busy that weekend. And then we went in for a genetic testing, yeah, genetic testing appointment on the 21st, which was a couple weeks ago almost now. And she was like, well, let's look at the baby before I send you for all this blood work. Cause obviously she has to like confirm that the baby is still alive. And I was really excited because I didn't really know that that was going to happen. And we saw the baby and it had grown so much in just a, like two and a half weeks since we had seen it the first time. And it was so wiggly and it was really, really cool. And we'll see the baby again this, this Thursday on the 7th. And then we're going to announce on the 9th, which is my birthday. Uh, 33 is about to be lit. <laughs> um, so we're really, really excited. It still seems surreal. We're really happy that 
my brother-in-law is coming to get stuff out of his house because I kind of need room for a nursery. Um, but I told my mom last week and she was shocked. We were at my brother and sister-in-law's house um, and they were showing us the nursery because she's due in September. And I was like, oh, this is so cute. And then I was tell I had a little onesie that said it's been a, it's been a long road, but we finally made it. Hashtag baby. Um, and my last name, which is Galindo. And he, and she, I was like, Hey mom, uh, Gary and I are also going to be putting a nursery into our place. She was shocked, like shocked. And it was really awesome. Um, she was so shocked. It was kind of, it was kind of crazy. Um, and, but so she's really excited. She's already like buying me gender well, trying to do gender neutral. Cause we don't know the, the gender yet. Um, hopefully we'll know here soon. And it's been crazy. We ended up telling my dad, I had him, I needed a bush that had like these little poison berry things on it. And I was like, Hey dad, can you come over and look at this bush? Cause you know, Gary can't really do anything cause of his shoulder. And I really, you know, and I said, I really shouldn't be using a chainsaw by myself. Um, which is true or pregnant or not. And I was like, Hey, he was looking at the bush and I was like, Hey, I was going to have you look at this too. And then I had the onesie it took him forever to read it, but it was funny. Um, and so we were really happy. His parents were really happy. We told his, his brother, my sister-in-law, my niece, they're coming and they sent us a little video yesterday. And my sister-in-law primarily speaks Spanish, but she, she speaks a lot of English as well, but she's teaching um, my niece a lot of Spanish. And they sent us a a little video that said like, Hey, where are we in, the, in Spanish? Um, where are we going tomorrow? Uh, are we, you know, are we, where are we going? Are we going to see your uncle Gary? If she said, see, and are you going to see your aunt, sis, uh, your aunt Michelle? She said, see, and then who else? And then, uh, she couldn't remember who else was there. And then she, um, my sister-in-law was like the dog and she goes, Oh, uh, Rory. And it was so cute. Like I, pregnancy hormones made me crying. And then she asked, what did aunt have in her stomach? And your aunt have in her stomach? And she said, baby. And I was like, lost it. But, um, it's been really hard not to say anything to people. I told my coworkers this week, they were really excited. One of them cried, which I was not anticipating. Uh, my, my leader is known since the day after I found out because I was like, Hey bro, I'm going to need some breaks. Like, cause I was really tired to the point where like I was falling asleep while I was working some days or feeling like I was going to fall asleep or getting migraines in the middle of the day. Uh, I've told a few of my friends, um, some of them listen to this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast and this is you finding out for the first time. I got you. Hello. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're really, really stoked. And um, I don't know what else to say. I'm really excited to see the baby. I'm really excited to like tell the world uh, we're due in early January. And this was actually originally how I was going to tell all of my friends. I was like, well, if you listen to my podcast, you lit here, you can find out first before everybody else. But I understand not everybody, it, not everybody does podcasts aren't everybody's thing. But like I said, we're like over the moon excited. I'm still tired. And nausea is going away for the most part. I was at the gym the other day. And I hadn't really eaten lunch before I went, which was like my number one problem. So I was like a little nauseous because if I don't eat for too long. I'll get a little nauseous. And he there was this older gentleman and I walked by him and he smelled like cat pee really bad. 
and I almost threw up just because my stomach, I don't know if my nose is just a little bit more sensitive or what, but I was like, <laughs> which was not fun at all. And I mean, I was nauseous for the rest of the day, which was less than ideal. But uh, other cool stuff that's happening is we are recording a emotional intelligence podcast for my work. That's a class that I facilitate with one of my colleagues. And I took this this stuff and my computer and stuff into the office this week and we recorded and it was really cool and right up, you know, really outside of her comfort zone and right up my alley. But it's cool to be able to use this equipment, use this skill, quote unquote, to continue to do stuff. This is not going to be a short episode. I'm looking at my little counter and I'm already almost at 13 minutes. So it's going to be a lot of Michelle talk and not a lot of crime talk. But we do have a story today, um, but I am happy that you all know now and I can give updates next weekend. Uh, like I said, it's my birthday, so I might have to record a little early because I don't know how I'm going to be feeling or I know we're going to like go out to dinner and do all that fun stuff. So we'll see. And uh, maybe I'll know the gender by then, which will be cool. Regardless, we're really happy no matter what. We've thought about some names and we're, we're just really stoked and we're happy that we're out of the quote-unquote danger zone. Now, I mean, it's dangerous until they get here, but the chances are very low. So we're really, we're just really, really excited overall. But today's case is the Black Widows of Liverpool. Not a lot of crimey in this episode, but fun stuff regardless. Um, so Black Widows of Liverpool, let's go. So Catherine and Margaret Bannigan, I'm going to say that. I hopefully that's right. They came to Liverpool from Ireland in like the late 1800s. Um, they wanted to be like landladies, which essentially looked like they were going to be like landlords in today's, in today's, uh, verbiage. Uh, they began their housing adventures with Catherine's son, John, and a lodger named Thomas Higgins, and then his little, his daughter, Mary, and then, uh, Patrick, Patrick Jiggins or Jennings, I'm sorry, with his then 14 year old daughter, Margaret. Um, though they had enough lodgers, they were still really, really poor. The sisters were just super poor still. And so they became kind of more and more worried about their financial situation, which is understandable. Um, they be kind of became aware of this thing in Liverpool known as burial societies. So a burial society was essentially a nonprofit insurance group. Members of this group paid dues, and then the money was given out to those who lost their relative to pay for war funeral services, kind of like early life insurance. Like nowadays we have life insurance. Uh, so they thought about this and they're like, oh, so we can get money if we know or have people that die. First victim was Catherine's own son, John. <laughs> Outside world, it seemed that he, he's 22, right? He got real sick real quick. And it ended up taking his life, but it didn't raise like any particular concern at the time. She ended up get ended up getting like 
71 pounds, which in 2019 pounds wise would be 7,120, which I don't know what the equivalent is for America or like US dollars, but that's still a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot. So she ended up getting that from that burial society because he had registered and, and there, and ended up using, having to use it not that long after getting in there, getting into it. Um, so behind closed doors, little did everybody know, Catherine had poisoned her son with arsenic and immediately got that money. So by 1882, there was a little bit of a romance going on with Margaret and the one lodger, Thomas, and they ended up getting married in October of that same year. And Thomas's daughter, who was really young, eight, died within months of the wedding after a short illness. Once again, they got money from the burial society after her death. But Margaret Higgins, because she got married, got the money this time. Then in January 1983, Jennings, who was Patrick Jennings, there's Thomas Higgins' daughter, Mary. Mary's already died. Now, Patrick Jennings, his daughter at the time was 14, also named Margaret. Kind of confusing because there's two Margarets. But regardless, the younger one, she's 19 at this time. She was 14 when they moved in. She also died. And the burial payout was collected by Catherine at this time. So obviously, there's a little gossip going on. There are a lot of people dying in this house. So naturally, Catherine, Margaret, and Thomas, because remember, Thomas is married to Margaret. Um, they moved away. They got out. September 80, 1980, or 1883, Thomas, still only 45 at the time, became yet another member that was also sick, mysteriously. He had really bad stomach pains, and that was enough for like a doctor to be called, and he, the doctor, attributed his this guy's illness to dysentery related to drinking cheap whiskey. And so he prescribed him opium and castor oil. Unfortunately, Thomas ended up dying a couple days later. Days later, the same doctor was contacted and asked to provide a death certificate. He did attributing the death to dysentery. So Thomas's brother, Patrick, was devastated at the time, different Patrick, just so you know, and shocked to hear of his brother's death. When he heard of the numerous deaths in the house, he took it upon himself to investigate. He asked for the coroner's office to do a full autopsy. Then he asked, you know, he was talking to the police and stuff too. So the police confronted the sisters in a pub bar in Liverpool and Catherine booked it, left. She had funeral attire on still. And evidence from this house included a bottle. They actually, you know, they ended up going to the house. They got some evidence. There was a bottle containing a mysterious white substance and a market pocket worn by Margaret. And this was examined by a poison expert at the time who verified that it was arsenic. And there was dust in Margaret's pocket as well. And an arsenic solution containing unusual adulterants in this bottle. Margaret obviously was arrested immediately. Catherine, she moved from like 
one boarding house to another to avoid the police for like a week, she ended up being taken into custody. Uh, October of 83, 1883, they were formally charged with the murder of Thomas Higgins and a woman who had recognized Catherine while she was staying at, uh, staying at the woman, the lady's house, remember their landladies as a lodger turned her in. Um, on same eight, same in October, the sisters were charged with, like I said, were charged with the Thomas Higgins death and they were actually sentenced to death. And not too long later, they were actually hanged together and they were known as the Black Widows of Liverpool. So essentially what they were doing, they found out about this burial society and they're like lit there. I mean, people do some crazy shit when they're desperate for money. So they just killed everyone. (laughs) Um, And yeah, craziness. Like, and yeah, I don't know what to say. Just, you know, they were poisoning people with arsenic and back in the day, they didn't have the technology. They weren't doing like drug screenings or any of that kind of stuff that they do now. They just kind of went with what they thought. And, you know, I'm happy that technology nowadays is significantly more advanced than it used to be because this kind of stuff they would have definitely found out (laughs) pretty quickly um, nowadays. But like I said, short one, not a lot of content um when it comes to the true crime side of things but lots of fun content on personal stuff i do appreciate y'all tuning in today apologize for it being short i know some people don't like short episodes and they'd rather just hear about the true crime stuff but it's my podcast so you can just skip this episode if you don't want to hear about my life um but this is a good outlet for me to kind of just get it out there and yeah, so we're really excited. Uh, once again, um, open to your feedback. If your feedback on this one is that it's short, I can't do nothing about that. Next week's is going to be much longer because next week or for my birthday, naturally, we're going to talk about my favorite serial killer, which is weird to say, Ed Kemper. And we got some fun ones coming up. Um, we're going to talk about the 11 year old serial killer named Mary Bell. Uh, I'm going to do a story about Sandra Boss, Abraham Shakespeare, some the teenage laundromat killers. I got to write those still, but, uh, we're really excited. I know I want to do the Springfield three that my, uh, my friend actually has like a picture of the house or lives near the house. So that will be a fun one. I'm going to do a bunch. Like I said, I don't know what happens to this podcast after January priorities change and if it ends it ends if it doesn't it doesn't I'll see I'm gonna do my best to keep it going while I'm on maternity leave but also I'm going to have a baby so (laughs) we'll see what happens um but I appreciate y'all coming in and and hanging out with a little bit today all my source materials for this not a lot um I, I found in the show notes Please subscribe, rate, podcast, you know, we can grow. We are officially at over 200 downloads, which is totally lit. Um, I feel like we're growing at a pretty good pace, which is awesome. Uh, Continue to look for episodes on Sundays. Check me out on my Instagram. I keep saying I'm going to get better at the Instagram and all that stuff. I need to. But as you all know now, I have, my mind has been other places, so I'm, I'm going to continue to work on it. I'm going to try to do at least like one post or so a week for now, and then hopefully we can kind of keep moving forward as we go. And 
Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, all that stuff is all just search crime obsessed dog mom. And thank you. I appreciate it. I hope y'all are as excited as I am for myself. <laughs> if you're not, I'm sorry. But yes, crime obsessed dog mom is becoming crime obsessed dog mom and baby mom here in the next six months or so. So stay from true crime obsessed. Love on your animals. Be kind. And I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.